Welcome, travelers. We're aware that your journey was difficult, but prepare to have your questions answered, for you have been granted an audience with the Masters of Modern. And welcome back to Masters of Modern. Uh, I am your host, Alex Kessler, here with my co-host... Michael Grothy. Hi. And today we're talking about Pioneer. We're talking about uh, the fact that there are bands. And we're also going to talk about how lessons from Pioneer and how we can apply them to modern and see which deck ideas we can come up with from there. We also have a few other things we're going to be going over, but really excited to talk about that. Uh, the other thing I want to bring up is that uh, the plan at least for this video, is we will be doing the live show. We'll leave the live video up so you get to watch it if you're watching this now. But if you want to watch this video with card art, uh, we'll mention cards, or just a little bit of a higher production value, uh, make sure to tune into Friday this week. You'll get that instead. So you can either watch this if you want it early, or you can wait and get like kind of the full produced version of the video, or you can listen on iTunes or any of the other places you would listen to podcasts. But thank you for watching the live chat, and hopefully you enjoy it either way. Yep, and also because we've been streaming these episodes, I know a lot of people are like, oh, I missed the stream you know uh well we try and stream all our episodes we record on tuesday evenings uh approximately five to five six, to six starting time um but if you want to make sure that you can do it or if you know we decide to stream a random bonus episode or something it's always possible you should hit the bell on youtube and you will get a notification when we go live i noticed actually a lot of people have been hitting the bell because we went from about four people before we went live when we were like in the waiting room and as soon as i got the notification i looked back and there were like 11 now it's 20 now it's 20 yeah 20. So, so people are getting the notification they're coming into the stream they're you know populating our chat and watching the show and that is what makes a live stream awesome so. and, and that's also really important so we're actually going to start live streaming more often uh hopefully people in the chat got to check this out but uh last sunday i streamed with michael actually on the other side of the the computer screen uh brawl and doing brawl content on arena ben is literally bringing his laptop in tomorrow so i can teach him how to live stream <laughs> and so we're going to start doing more kind of stream content like that you obviously have these videos and we're going to start releasing um, more videos kind of consistently at a bare minimum you'll have the live stream plus the edited produced video every week so making sure you have alerts on is really important also we have i have personally a twitch channel it's at kesco or the kesco uh k-e-s-s-c-o is the current twitch channel um and we also make sure to follow us on twitter uh we are at the mmcast i'm at kes wiley I'm at a dudardd. Ben is at Ben Bateman Media. Um, and uh, the last thing is make sure to check out our Patreon. So we have um, a Patreon. It comes with a bunch of cool stuff. $2 in, you get access to the uh, Patreon Discord. Uh, $5 in, you get access to uh, extra content. Normally, it's a raw video feed. We're figuring out now that we're doing live stream what exactly that means, but you'll get kind of the next level version of content. $10, you actually get to submit a deck list, and we're going to try doing, uh, as part of the live streams or other video content, little reviews on those deck lists. So we actually have one today, as long as we have time. Um, it's a it's a, it's a hit heater i know i already looked at it um <laughs> and then um thirty dollars actually there's like a cool giveaway thing we have one person donating currently at the thirty dollar level and he's been doing it for the last five months and i have been just sending him cool stuff every month but you guys could also get that uh if you could see below here there's some things there's these limited edition dragons which um there were a lot more of and then we shipped the remainder that we had to Germany for Essen because we did a I was there for the convention but we didn't realize that German customs are not our friend and they destroyed all of them so these are like the last two if you have these you literally locked out uh, <laughs> limited edition limited edition uh, we might have a few left we definitely have dragons to give away so there'll be some dragons if if you join this tier Super Party Battle was another thing that we gave away which was the game that me and Michael designed it was the first game we did on the back of the box is me and Ben and then this playmat, which is also pretty limited. So we just give random free stuff free because you're donating $30, but we really appreciate it. So that's right, also we come out with more cool stuff, you know, future Masters of Modern merch, future board games, which we've already designed uh, battle bosses. It's not yet. We don't yet have boxes we can give because it's still being produced. But once that's ready, yeah. there's plenty of other cool free stuff in the future. Yeah, it's going to be just a library of cool things. We don't know what they are for sure. Um, might be packs. It might be cards printed out like this. Maybe not this big. Whatever we can ship and figure out how to make. Uh, we really appreciate that level. And Christian, I think his name is Christian, is the one person who's currently donating to that tier. Uh, so if you're hearing this, Christian, thank you. And I hope you've enjoyed all of the free stuff. <laughs> um, so now on to subject matters for the day. So this week in Pioneer, 
Yeah, big magic news this week is... Uh, big magic news! The first thing was last week after we recorded our episode, they announced officially... I think it was after we recorded the episode, yeah. so it wasn't in there. Uh, they announced that they will be making a band announcement for Pioneer every Monday. And this is because they kind of wanted Pioneer to be a Wild West format, which is funny because Pioneer Wild West. Anyway, uh, yeah, Pioneer was going to be a, a Wild West format where they just kind of banned things whenever they felt like it, and you could play it on Magic Online at your own risk. And that would give them enough data to just ban. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it would be like everybody's talking about how good this card is on Twitter. They'll be like, hmm, let me look at the Magic Online data. And they'll be like, yep, that's right. Which is kind of what people expect them to do anyway, right? Where it's like, oh, if it needs to be banned, I'm going to put it on my social media because then they'll do it. Well, they were kind of, seemed like they were planning on doing that for Pioneer. And this is kind of like, they almost like were like, hey, we hear all of your things about modern. Because no ban less modern is something that comes up pretty regularly, right? Like, and, and... People's thoughts are like, A, we should unban everything, see what happens, let the dust settle, and then restructure the ban list around that format. And Because people are always like, you know, free Twin or free, you know, Green Sun Zenith. Or, or, yeah, Birthing Pod or Stoneforge yeah. Mystic until they freed Stoneforge yeah, Mystic. Or Bitter Blossom until they freed Bitter Blossom. Right. And, and interesting enough, almost, almost every single card they've unbanned did nothing after they've unbanned it. The best, Pretty I much. think, is Jace and... Valakut. Valakut were both kind of immediately decks, and then Golgari Grave Troll got on <laughs> got on banned, did nothing for a year. They printed Prize the Malgrim, or they went back to a graveyard set, and as yeah, soon as yeah, they yeah. did it, it was like, oh no, we have to ban I think this Prize card. Malgrim was a big one, but yeah, there well, was... and, and Cathartic Reunion, those two cards, one after the other between two sets, was what yeah put us into a position where they were like, oh right, Golgari Grave Troll is probably too much, but. For the most part, there's a bunch of cards, so people have thought of that. So for this, what they created, they're like, hey, why don't we just do it? You guys can try it out. And then they had planned to have no paper tournaments for Pioneer until next year when they started doing it for uh, right. Magic Fest. So, so their timeline was kind of like, watch Magic Online for a good three months plus, and then we start having GPs after that. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. we'll, you know, at that point, we'll know what the format looks like. We'll make some sensible bands. Unfortunately, the hype around Pioneer was such that uh, Star City Games and Nerd Rage Games and a bunch, some of these like larger tournament organizers in the U.S. started just running high-stakes Pioneer tournaments that are high-profile. They changed the format of the Invitational to Modern and Pioneer mm -hmm. from Modern and Standard, and then Nerd Rage changed one of their standard GPs to Pioneer, which like... There's other reasons why they would want to change their standard tournaments to another format, but it's like, oh, Wizards provided us with another cool format right at the moment we needed it. Let's do it. And Wizards was like, wait, what if we want to ban something the day before your tournament? Stop this. <laughs> You're ruining our plan of just banning stuff whenever we feel like it. Yeah, so people were hyped, and so they created a schedule. So basically their statement was every Monday their plan is to ban something, and then... Well, that, their plan is to make a ban announcement. Yes. And we actually thought nothing was going to happen because we figured, oh, we're creating a schedule. We don't have too much information yet to really decide what needs to go. Um, but nope, they decided to right. go the other way. And, and like Alex was saying, I think that there's a misconception that announcement every Monday means ban every Monday. But like if you think there's a modern ban announcement eight times a year, right, after before when a new set comes out and then after the pro tour of each set, but they don't actually ban a card every time sure so i figured pioneer would be the same thing and i figured to show that it was the same thing they would just not ban on the first one to be like okay guys we're making the announcement here's the first one no bans right and before we get to the next start of this conversation big thank you for to dane king uh he donated 4.99 to the super chat uh whoops i forgot to enter my message but just saying hello and thank you guys for making me better at magic thank you for making us better at podcasting <laughs> <laughs> by being a viewer um and yeah i hope yeah i mean michael's better at making people better at magic i'm here for hot takes yeah i mean that's valuable cool uh Easily now digestible yeah as we were saying we are on i like do all this bands um yeah, but, you know, they went in a different direction. They banned three cards. One of them um, was Leyline of Abundance, which is the new green Leyline from M20. Uh, you want to read it? Yeah. I, I think a lot of modern players or players of any format but Pioneer have never heard of this card. Cool. Uh, <laughs> this card is two green green enchantment rare. Uh, if Leyline of Abundance is in your opening hand, you may begin the game with it on the battlefield Classic whenever... Leyline. You tap a creature for mana, add an additional green, uh, and then you can pay six mana, six color, six generic mana, green, green, put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature you control, which is the less relevant, well, not less relevant ability, but the well, important we'll thing to, is. Let's just explain the cards first. So 
So no, basically, okay, later on. The next one with, was Oath of Nyssa. Uh, it's a one green legendary enchantment. Uh, when Oath of Nyssa enters the battlefield, look at the top three cards of your library. You may reveal a creature, land, or planeswalker card from among them and put it into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. You may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast planeswalker spells. Um, officially, I think the first green cantrip ever banned. Yeah, I guess it beat out Ancient Stirrings. Yeah, Ancient <laughs> Stirrings like dodged that one, and then now once upon a time, like Ancient Stirrings is going to dodge a lot because once I, once upon a time has to be banned before Ancient Stirrings does. Yeah, I mean, we'll I'll get into I'll get into some once upon a time discussion. Yeah, when we yeah. Talk about Oath of Nissa, but uh, let's let's get through these bans first. And then the third one, which is my Splinter Twin and Pioneer, Felidar Guardian got banned, and I understand why it got banned, but I really. Like, Sihili does nothing. It's a nothing card without Felidar Guardian. And Felidar Guardian does other things. Like, blinks other things. Yeah, and in a form play. of no Restoration Angel, it's a little sad to lose. I know. Her. I want to... We, we print Restoration Angel Wizards. Cowards. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, those are the three cards that were banned. Um, so, I guess, like, without talking about the cards specifically and why they got banned, just, like... I think Felidar Guardian, everybody kind of saw coming. Everybody knows that Sahili Felidar is going to warp the format in the similar way the Splinter Twin, in that every deck needs to be able to stop this from happening on turn three, mm -hmm. potentially through disruption, mm -hmm. or on turn four, I guess, their turn three if they're on the draw, mm -hmm. uh, or else you lose. And, and, and slightly different than Splinter Twin, this is a format with significantly less spot removal, or at least the quality of spot removal is... Right. You don't have one man, you don't have Lightning Bolt, you don't have Path to Exile, right. you have Fatal Push, but Revolt is often not turned on, mm -hmm. so it won't kill. Because there's no fetch land, so you don't have the way to yeah, get around it. you have Thoughtseize, but no Inquisition. Mm -hmm. You have you have Abrupt Decay and Assassin's Trophy, which are probably your best options, but they're That's gold. Two-color cards. Yeah, yeah. two-color cards out of two mana. So, so, like, if you're a white deck, you don't have a lot of ways to interact with this, mm -hmm. right? I mean, like, you can play, like, Oblivion Ring effect. I guess, but that's like on turn three, you got to have it, right? right. I mean, C kind of at the onset of the format, the debate was not will Felder Guardian or Sihili get banned. It's which of the two cards would yeah, be banned. Yeah, pretty much. And I think the fact because Felder Guardian also goes infinite with A itself and B. Uh, one of what's the red Flame card? Shadow Flame. Conjuring. Yeah, which is a Magic Origins enchantment. I'm gonna try and read it off the top of my head. All right. What is it? Flame Shadow Conjuring is a three mana red enchantment. Uh, whenever a creature enters a battlefield under your control, you can uh, pay a red to make a copy of it. That copy gains haste, and then you sacrifice it at the end of turn. So what you do is you play a Felidar Guardian to untap a land, and then you use the land to make a copy, and then the copy untaps a land, and then it... Sorry. It flickers the original. The original flickers the land... Because you need a non-creature to enter. Okay. Or you need a, a non-token creature to enter, I mean. Mm -hmm. So you have to flicker the original with the copy. The original flickers the land to make the red mana again. Which makes another copy, which flickers the original, which flickers the land, which makes a copy. So so you just have to stack your triggers so that the Felidar always goes off before the Flame Shadow. Um, and, and that also makes infinite. Oh. It's one. It's three in a row. It is a four mana enchantment. Sure. So it is worse than Sahili for sure, because Sahili is only three mana. Though it is significantly harder to deal with in the format. There are right. way less ways to deal with enchantments, and it's four mana, so Assassin's or uh, Abrupt Decay also doesn't deal with and it. And a lot of the a lot of the successful decks in Pioneer right now are playing Walking Ballista, which is an answer to the Sahili combo in particular, because Sahili Starts at three mana. So, like, if they play Sahili on turn t on turn three and tick up, then your Walking Bliss isn't going to do much. But if they, like, already have a Felidar out and they play the Sahili later, it goes down to one. And you can respond to three, it. And you can respond to the targeting the Felidar by pinging off the Sahili. So when the Felidar makes a copy, it, had, it can't copy mm -hmm. the Sahili or flicker the Sahili, and then you, you interrupt their combo. So, but Flame Shadow Conjuring can't be interrupted by Ballista in particular. It also can't be in, interrupted by like Shock or anything right, like that. Right, right. So I, I would have imagined that in the long run, we would have started seeing like four Sahili and like one of Flame Conjuring or two of to like in the same way that Splinter Twin decks at some points were playing one or two Kiki Jikis on the top end and or they were playing multiple threats on both like ends. Like the decks that were playing the Felidar Sahili combo were either like I've seen like Vanifar decks that were like similar to Kiki Pod mm -hmm. where they would pod use Vanifar to like birthing pod up to you'd get Corridor Monitor to untap your Vanifar get Sack the Corridor Monitor, get Renegade Rallyer, get back Corridor Monitor, untap Vanifar. Sure. Pod Renegade Rallyer into Felidar, uh, Flicker Corridor Monitor, untap 
Vanifar, Flakerfell at our into Thalia's Lancers, which would get you the Sahili, and then use the corridor monitor to go all the way back up to a second Felidar. And that's how you'd win. But um so there were like more all-in decks like that, but most of the Sahili decks that we were seeing like didn't really need the combo. They were just kind of planeswalker mid-range decks that used Oath of Nyssa, which is another card they banned. So they would use Oath of Nyssa to dig for combo pieces. They would were playing like Teferi and Oko and Sahili, and they were like four color, attune with Aether, mm-hmm. uh, Harness Lightning, Rogue Refiner, just like general good stuff, mid-range decks that could just like outvalue you with Oko and beat you up or whatever. Or uh, sometimes just combo and win. Well, it, it, with how many powerful planeswalkers were in the format, Othanissa letting you cast all of these three mana powerful planeswalkers was just extremely powerful. Move. And it was also seen play in the green devotion decks, right? It was it was a yeah, it so was that, a pip on the deck devotion. That got banned. I mean, I think what's interesting is like these cards that got banned are all like fairly unique pioneer bans, right? Like Guardian was banned in standard, but like they didn't ban any of the big targets that are like multi-format bands, right? Like mm-hmm. no Deathrite Shaman, which like nobody really expected it, but it's notable. No Treasure Cruise, no Dig Through Time, no Aetherworks Marvel, which was another card banned mm-hmm. in standard. Um, yeah, people people walking into Pioneer, and you guys discussed on the episode, thought like energy was going to be a huge issue. Thought Well, mainly, mainly Aetherworks Marvel. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Like there are decks playing the energy core. It's not as busted because there's like more answers to what they're doing and more ways to generate value. Sure. Like the problem was it was just the best value engine in standard and it was like really hard to keep up with it. Now, now, now that Felidar Guardian has now been banned in every format, other than modern, not I guess below that, but <laughs> on its way to modern, it's pioneer, slowly sure, getting yeah. banned in the way. Um, ben has definitely tried making the second like the one sad thing about Ben having he got sick, so he he had to miss the episode this week. Uh, was I was excited to hear his take on Felidar Guardian because he's actually played the card in multiple GPs. Yeah, well, um, it, it shows up in modern as like kind of a, a Splinter Twin. Yeah, deck, well, because because right? it, it is the closest thing. This not the closest thing, but it works with Splinter Twin. Also, there's like weird, cool things. Obviously, it works with Kiki Jiki still, but also a Restoration Angel and a Felidar Guardian get infinite enter triggers. So there's other things, cute things you can do. There's an angel land, whatever an angel enters play that you can go infinite with. Like, oh, wow, Seraph Sanctuary. Seraph Sanctuary. Um, there's... Um, the the one mana artifact whenever a per, like that's the way most people kill people alter the brood alter the brood and you can that's find cool. it with like uh, trinket mages and stuff and like two that Felidars will do that too yeah but two not Felidars two restoration well. angels because it's non angel creature um, for everyone who's tried to flicker a karmic guide in cube or commander which I definitely have in cube so uh, <laughs> so like that's definitely been ported Ben was playing and then Kiki Jiki obviously goes infinite with it in the classic way as does Sahili go with the Felidar guardian side so Ben has played this amalgamation of things etb value creatures that you can flicker with your felidar make copies of just a healing to kind of like have the backup mid-range plan that like you expect from a birthing pod deck so it tends to be a little bit different from splinter twin it's more like mid-range with combo Mm -hmm. finish as opposed to splinter twin which is more of like a control tempo deck with a combo finish Mm -hmm. yeah um and then the other deck like the vanifar deck you mentioned was something that was really interesting to me i mean one thing to keep in mind with all pioneer decks is and like why specific decks and pioneers do do better than necessarily decks and modern do is the removal thing we said where yeah. like the problem with the Vanifar deck doing well in modern and the reason the Vanifar I never really found a space is because lightning bolt and path both are just like well, lightning bolt doesn't kill oh, she's a two Vanifar. four she's a two four I uh, think, yeah. okay so path then being the big issue and then the ability that you have you fatal push, push more consistently. Yeah, consistently which you can push her in this format if you have like a fabled passage or something mm-hmm. um but, like, it's tougher because you don't have access to just, like, eight fetch lands or more in every deck, right? So, mm-hmm. um, But, yeah, you have to untap with Vanifar to win with it unless you have, like, a way to give her haste, which, like, is a little too cheeky, I think. Right, right, right. <laughs> Splinter Twin is gone. R.I.P. Splinter Twin for modern. But maybe we can make Sealy Ray decks. I mean, that, I think, actually, I even realized the tech and the fact that the world kind of didn't realize the tech of Flame Shadow Conjuring is interesting for modern because that like one of the issues with the Felidar Guardian side is it's very it's much easier to deal with Sahelia modern than I think it is and it's such a slower combo one of the things that Splinter Twin had going for it was that it was instant speed and now we have the option of an enchantment and the creature that you play once you play you win 
kind yeah, of going off. And it also like is a late game value engine. If sure. It's unchecked, right? Like if you play Felidar and try and go off and they have the removal spell, you're like, fine, next turn I'll just play this like Thrag Tusk, copy it. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and then you th- swing with your 5 3, make 3 3, you're just like in value city, right? So, so that's, that's kind of what I want this episode to be about, right? Is that like there is tech emerging in Pioneer because people really have to stretch their creative muscles to create decks in this totally new environment. And I think there is some stuff that modern sure. can learn. And I think the big obvious one is the other two cards that got banned, Oath of Nyssa and Leyland of Abundance, right. appear to be banned uh, mostly because of the Mono Green Devotion deck. Mm-hmm. Although they do mention the three mana Planeswalker thing with Oath of Nyssa, which is kind of them acknowledging that like maybe we printed two or three mana, too many three mana Planeswalkers, but we don't want to ban them all. Oops. Um... <laughs> But uh, Leyland of Abundance, uh, there was a Mono Green Devotion deck that was using Leyland of Abundance with Mana Dorks to do things such as, like, turn one, you know, put a Leyland in play, turn zero, turn one elf, uh, and then tap the elf for two, play Burning Tree Emissary, make two more mana, use that two mana to play, like, an Oath of Nyssa dig for something, and then play... Uh, Nykthos, tap it for four mana, tap your other land for mana, use your floating burning tree mana to play like a Nyssa, a uh, voice the, of whatever. The new one that make, doubles one your mana. Who shakes the world? I yes. don't know. World, the, yeah, Nyssa who shakes the world. Nyssa who shakes the world. Which, which is, is a really a, good name. Just. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's a five mana, five mana planeswalker. Uh, she plus ones to make untap a land you control and put three plus one plus one counters on it. It's a creature, gets mm-hmm. vigilance and haste. But also um, her static ability is all her static ability is your forest tap for an extra green. Extra but then you can use her to untap the Nykthos and then tap the Nykthos for mana again. And that's like, I'm describing a turn two right now. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> so the thing is that requires a lot of pieces and that's like the nut draw. But what was crazy about this deck is like you got to play Oath of Nyssa, which is one of the best cantrips in the format. And you also got to play Once Upon a Time, which is the best cantrip in the mm-hmm. format. And that can help you hit your turn one elf. Like which is extremely powerful. Like if you don't have a turn one elf in this deck, especially if you put a Leyline in play on turn one, your deck's a lot worse. Mm-hmm. And I think I think something that I would really look at what specifically with Oath of Nissa and the Planeswalker issue is Oath of Nissa when it was printed was heavily under consideration in modern. Like people were trying to figure out ways to play it. And I think part of the reason that it didn't really see a lot of traction is one, there weren't enough powerful Planeswalkers. And two, the Planeswalkers that were good were you can kind of play them all without having to splash from them. You didn't need right. the extra colors. And now we live in a world where you want to play five color Planeswalker decks or whatever. And now, now I think of these three cards, Oath of Nissa is the one that I'd want to revisit in modern. Yeah. Well, and so what's interesting about Oath of Nissa is also that it's a permanent, which is really relevant. Like, you know, some of these cantrips like Ancient Stirrings, you play it once, it's in your graveyard forever. You're mm-hmm. probably not snapcasting it unless you're playing something real spicy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but like Oath of Nissa being a permanent is actually a big benefit. So in this deck, it adds an extra devotion for your Nykthos, which was important. But bounce. in the Planeswalker decks that people were playing, yeah, people, you could bounce it with Teferi. So you, you could like, bounce it with Felidar Guardian. or Felidar Guardian, yeah, right. right. So like, like these oh. Sahili Felidar decks that were playing like the mid range four color versions that were playing like Teferi and Felidar, um, you can like flicker this with a Felidar, you can bounce back to hand with Teferi and replay it. I've also seen it like showing up in Kethys decks, because it's a legendary permanent. So you can use it to like go off with Kethys, or you can use it to dig for combo pieces, which I thought that was a really cool use for it. And if there is ever a Kethys deck in modern, uh, I think for sure it, it gets played. And, and I think... I think Kethys is pretty close modern. Kethys, and it, partially because Kethys is another card that dodges lightning bolt like it doesn't dodge path it doesn't dodge fatal nobody push, dodges path but no you gotta be you gotta path. be a slippery bogle to dodge path yeah those they're slippery they they're they're real slippery they're so slippery i can't even say them correctly 90 percent of the time <laughs> <laughs> these noggle decks everywhere um <laughs> slippery noggle slippery noggles like the fact that it is an enchantment and that it stays in the board and like you can do stuff with it mm-hmm. after it's in play like i think that's really going to be more and more relevant. And I think that was going to be more and more yeah. relevant in Pioneer for sure. And it's definitely going to become, I mean, it is relevant in Modern. And I think that there, it's maybe a card that Modern needs to take a cue and be like, this was good enough to get banned in Pioneer. What should we be looking closer at it? And I think Oko is a big part of that conversation as well, right? Like when we did our top 10 blue-green cards in Modern conversation, it's insane how much better the blue-green cards that have been printed since then have become. Yeah, the, the top like, two got printed in the last few months, right? I think more than that. Like, we got Strix, 
We got Strix. We got Not Neoform. Strix. Strix is the original. Oh, no, we got, we got Strix. We got the uh, Codal. Codal. We got Neoform. We got um, Growth Spiral. Oko. Growth Spiral. Yeah, Growth Spiral. Spiral. Ravnica, yeah, Growth Spiral right? got and printed. Rab- Guilds, uh, Ravnica Allegiance. I mean. Ravnica, like, that's four of the best blue-green cards ever year. printed in the last almost nine months. <laughs> yeah, because originally your 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 top was like Slippery Bogle, which it's so. still probably above some of those cards, but... yeah. But kind of. It's not that good. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so like, that's insane. And kind of was also the limiting factor on there ever being, like, Saltite decks, right? Or, or like, there was never really a good reason to be playing that color combination. Or, really, blue-green in general. Bant is another color combination that, like, the one time I tried, I was playing uh, Lore Scale. Not Lore Scale, Kotal. Um, that's the new card. Coiling Oracle? Coiling Oracle. And it was just, like not good enough <laughs> and now we have just like all these reasons to play the color combo and um but oko is kind of the biggest one and othanissa easily slides in with oko to make that like work together yeah i mean oko can't turn it into an elk which is sad because oko likes random stuff lying around that he can elkify so sure. that's why you see a lot of like arkham's astrolabe kind of fitting in the othanissa slot in oko decks like, you'll see a lot of Snow, Oko, maybe playing, uh, I always want to call it Strix, Kotal, uh, just because you're playing Snow already. But that way you can, like, turn the Astrolabe into a 3-3, and you can't do that with Oath of Nyssa. Mm-hmm. Like, Oath of Nyssa, to me, slots better with, like, Teferi, because you can bounce it. Or, like, I don't know. I mean, I think the Planeswalker thing is not even super relevant. Like, it was very relevant in the Seeley deck, because sure. the mana is worse in Pioneer. And also, it finds both your combo pieces, Sahili and Felidar. Well, I, kind of the point, more of the point is that the ability to play Oko and Teferi and Maybe a Liliana and Sahili, yeah. like, there's, like, a lot of good cards at the three, in that level, that, like, I can see it being more relevant. Now, uh, Uber Ninja in the chat just posted the out of five color walker and modern list. I would love to see that. If you actually tweeted us at it, it's at the MM cast. I'll retweet it and share it to the world. Um... And, well, yeah, but, like, I think there's a lot of cool stuff to do with the card. I think it's very really powerful. And, then, yeah, the Kethis deck is another great place to point at. Yeah, because um, it, it finds your combo pieces, and it you can, like, cast it from your graveyard to dig, and then the other one dies. So if you're, like, going off with Kethis, you can use two Oath of Nyssa because they're legendary to kind of, like, dig for pieces, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, by replaying them each time you activate Kethis. And then also, uh, yeah, I mean, it's legendary permanence. You can just exile from the graveyard if you're, like, milling yourself with... Diligent Excavator or whatever. Yeah, I mean, right. I think Oath of Nyssa fits in a lot of cool ways because it is a uniquely permanent cantrip, right? Mm-hmm. But also, this mono green deck just, like, could just port into Modern. And I think the reason that we hadn't seen anything like this in Modern is because Once Upon a Time has been insufficiently explored in Modern. Sure. I, I really think that Once Upon a Time is the card that made this deck tick, and I think Oath of Nyssa... Despite being like a powerful card that slotted into multiple decks, I think take took the bullet for Once Upon a Time because Once Upon a Time is a new card that they don't want the bad publicity of banning yet. Well, and, and Modern has a Modern is often slow to react, especially to a bunch of new cards printed all at once that you wouldn't think would necessarily go together. And then two, kind of that once all these cards were printed, we were at a Modern season. We're like into fall. People are focusing on Pioneer. There's not really another Modern GP. There's a lot for a of while. standard tournaments and people have been standard. focusing on standard. Um, and then yeah, Pioneer came around right when people started getting sick of standard. Mm-hmm. Which is why we saw these big TOs switch their right. at the same time and, Pioneer. and Brawl even like Brawl Online. Like there's a lot of different buzz right now. There's a lot of different Brawl ways to play magic. And which is why we're even talking about Pioneer right now. But the fact is that Leyline of Abundance, Oath and and Once Upon a Time and Nissa the and the world. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I uh, all got she's under under explored card in modern as well. Yeah, and like Monogreen Devotion has always been a little bit of a thing. It's been a very casual focused deck. Um, but there's always been two versions. And there's actually been two versions in Pioneer, too. And the other version actually didn't take the hit. It's like the aggro version that plays Aspect of Hydra, okay. like a mono yeah, yeah, Stompy, yeah. where like Aspect of Hydra is your like devotion payoff. And I do think that's the deck that has the most likely benefit from Theros block. Like that's the type of stuff that I can see them being more aggressive on is like aggressive devotion effects yeah. versus Nykthos. <laughs> Nykthos is like the best devotion card ever printed. And I don't think that it will ever like I don't know that they I can hope print it not, better. Yeah. Right now the best that. devotion cards are Nykthos, Grey Merchant, uh Master Waves, Thassa? 
Something like that, yeah. Aspect of Hydra. Aspect of Hydra might be below that, which is a little sad, really, yeah. that like that's the next best pump spell. Let's do some shout-outs right now. First off, shout-out to the chat. Uh, thank you for watching. We have nine, 89 people watching, but only 42 likes. I feel like chat... Got up that, got up that number. Uh, also, if you there's a super chat feature, make sure to check it out. Obviously, if you can afford it, we would we you know this podcast. We work really hard on it every week. We're working hard now to come up with a bunch of new content. Um, and any any contributions help, and we'll do a big shout out, and you'll get a we'll, we'll make sure to talk about what you talk about, and you get a nice little highlighted thing in the chat. Um, also, uh, we're now going to start doing live streams of the podcast every Tuesday, but also start doing live streams of gameplay. Me and Michael jammed some games of Brawl over the weekend on Sunday. Um, so make sure to hit the bell button so you hit it, it alerts you once the YouTube channel goes live. There's also I now have a Twitch channel, so Kesco um, is the you Twitch channel. You can watch him stream the magic that you see here. Also, you can watch him stream shooters. Yeah, Apex and Destiny. Uh, more importantly, is the magic. Uh, and but hey, games, if you want to yeah. watch some Alex plays Apex, you can watch that too. That's true. That's true. Or other games on his Twitch channel. Anything I don't think he streams that to the to the Masters of Modern YouTube. Right? No, I can't. The system can't do both. Oh, that's good. I have to choose. It's probably better to keep the Masters of Modern mostly magic focused. Anyway, that's the plan. They might not be modern focused, but it'll be magic focused. <laughs> Thank you, guys. And back to the subject matter at hand. I think I want to get to. Is there any other decks we want to talk about in modern from Pioneer before we move? Well, so on? I think that there could be a Kethis deck. Which, sure. if you guys don't know the Kethis deck, you use uh, Kethis with two um, Mox Ambers, and you cast Mox Amber like sacrifice the other one and then you like exile two legendaries from your graveyard mm -hmm. to cast the other amber from your graveyard and you're kind of netting a mana each time you do this uh eventually you try and get out a diligent excavator or turn a lazav that you cast from your graveyard into a diligent excavator so now each time you're casting these ambers you're milling yourself you're casting more legends from your graveyard you're milling yourself um and you like mill most of your deck and then you like have a bunch of mana and you either kill with your one of jace wielder of mysteries which you cast from your graveyard or um, they're like you just have so much card advantage that you find another way to win card advantage of mana. Well, you can you can mill your opponent out with diligent excavator. Right, you mill. That's right, you mill your opponent out with diligent excavator, or you mill yourself out completely and you jace. Yeah, uh, and then it just plays like you know you use excavators early to mill yourself, you use emery to mill yourself. Um, you just like kind of dig through your deck and try and set up this this situation, and then you play almost entirely legendary stuff so mm -hmm. in general you're playing like well, these and, legendary and in modern, you would play even more because there is a modern kethis deck i mean that it, it hasn't like yeah made the format but the fact that you get access now to mox opal which is obviously an upgrade yeah. where you get both moxes you get access to well mox opal like i you would have to do some interesting stuff to this deck to hit metalcraft but i think it's potential right I think well, I think I think there are they do play Mox Opal because oh god, I guess I haven't seen yeah, a yeah. modern. I've seen modern versions. I haven't seen a modern version because you play Mox four Opal. Hope of Garrapur. You play sure. uh, four Mox Amber. You play four Mox Opal. You play four of the um, the 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 other zero cost artifact that lets you draw cards that I'm forgetting. Oh, from your favorite set, Mishra Bobble, and then you play. I think you play some amount of artifact lands, maybe to turn it on. Yeah. But then you also play the legendary lands, the but blue you ones. You play Darkseal Citadel. I think it's maybe. like a four color deck. Maybe you don't play Darkseal, but you are playing Emory. legendary lands. Yeah, and you're playing legendary lands. So, so you get kind of a lot of power through that, and Emery just is so good in the deck. On top of that, yeah, yeah, you can just like cast like a random Mishra's Bobble from your graveyard. You can do like the Mishra's Bobble Emery thing to just like draw an extra card every yeah. turn. Yeah. So like it has its own interesting plays. I think it just is kind of in a position where Urza is still a more powerful version of what that's doing at the moment. Yeah. Um, but and that's if, the other. If Urza gets a ban, there's a ban from the Urza deck. Not right. Ur like if Urza gets banned or even Mox Opal gets mm -hmm. banned, this I think is waiting in the wings to be the next Emery deck. Correct. Because this deck does not require Mox Opal to be good. Yeah. Where Urza needs it a little bit more. And that's that's the other reason. Like, people... When I posted why isn't non-green devotion seeing more play in modern, there are two main responses. The first one is that different pieces of it are a little bit less resistant to the removal in the format. The fact that it, like, needs one of its mana dorks to survive until its next turn is it makes it hard for it to do as well. But it does have, like, the Burning Tree Emissary aggro attack options. The other thing people brought up is that just, like, Tron's still better. Like, the fact that, like... So Tron is more... 
Tron is more consistent, but it's less explosive. And I think that with Oath of Nyssa and Once Upon a Time, this deck uses those cards so much better than Tron. You're getting to the point where you're like more explosive and maybe more consistent. You think you think it uses Oath of Nyssa and Once Upon a Time better than Tron uses, say, Map and Ancient Stirrings? I think it's like close. Okay. I mean, yeah, I agree. Like Map costs more mana for sure. Sure. Um, and you get to have these turns where you like activate like Nathos yeah. for seven mana, play, you know, uh, frickin' Nissa, untap it, make nine mana and you just like get to do these outrageous things and you can obviously do them starting turn two or three but if you end up doing it later in the game like the deck grinds okay you're playing some late game air like mana dorks and burning trees but like obviously tron has some late game air i would say that it has a little bit less which makes it more consistent Mm -hmm. but like access to late game once upon a time when you have like mana but no payoff like they both have officially with othanis being banned some of the best cantrips of all time. I mean, right. easy, easy top 20 cantrips of all time, and maybe all of them are Yeah, the I mean, top I 10. think Once Upon a Time is, like, definitely one of the best cantrips of all time. Yeah. I'm, I'm going I on record. Yeah, I think you can top say that. Top five. Top five. So, like, this I is the world of things. Brainstorm. We're getting Alex on ranking stuff. I know that you've just you've opened Brainstorm, Preordain, Ponder, Serum Visions... I put it above Serum Visions. Above Serum Visions. It's above Serum Visions for me. Uh, That's close. That's close. So, Uh, Once Upon a Time, I think, is more broadly good than Ancient Stirrings. Ancient Stirrings, being highly specific, is very good at what it does, but it also costs mana. So, like, in... Like, this deck in particular is looking to hit its one-drop every game. mm -hmm. And Once Upon a Time helps you hit your Mm one-drop. It also helps you find Nykthos and... Like, it does those in a way that, like, you don't have time to play, to spend mana on Ancient Stirrings mm-hmm. in this deck. So, like, if Ancient Stirrings was creature or land instead of what it is, I think Ancient, Once Upon a Time would be better in this particular deck. I don't know that it would be better in every deck, because one mana is better than two if you draw sure. multiples, right? But uh, what about and like Faithless Tron. Looting and Blue Faithless Looting? That I'm forgetting what Faithless it's Looting is probably better than this. Careful Study... I don't know. I think I like this better than Careful Study. Okay. It nets you a card. Like, Careful Study is only good in graveyard decks. Faithless Looting, sure. because the flashback, is good even in mid-range decks. Right. Like, we've seen Jund playing Faithless Looting sometimes. Well, we've Mardu was a mid-range deck. Mardu playing Faithless Looting. Yes. Right. I yeah. mean, like, because of the flashback, you're seeing so many cards so this is it. this is the... This is in the running for fifth best cantrip of all time alongside Ancient Stirrings, where the... I agree. Yeah. So it's pawn or it's brainstorm, which is I think just on end. Well, no, it's not in the top five. We forgot one. So you get a say ancestral recall. Yeah. It doesn't count because it draws three cards. Okay. Cantrips draws a count. Cantrips okay. net you a card, one right? Card. I mean, I okay. guess faithless looting doesn't, but it's honorary. Okay. Okay. So faithless, then, faithless looting's honorary. Excluding cantrip. power nine <laughs> that break the rules of the game, we have faithless looting. Not number one. We have we have brainstorm at number one. Faithless looting at number two. Ponder. Ponder number two, Faithless Looting on number three. It's better than Preordain. Really? Absolutely. Preordain doesn't see modern legacy play. Faithless Looting does. Preordain does see legacy play. Not as much as Faithless Looting sees more play. Yeah, it's better than Preordain. Yeah, I guess. You have to build around it a little bit. That's the thing in these like power level discussions, right? It's like Faithless Looting is the best card in one deck. Well, but Faithless Looting isn't the best card in one deck. It's the best card in, like, eight decks. <laughs> yeah, Preordain is, like, you know, the seventh best card in, like, ten decks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I would say Faithless Looting, Preordain, and then, and then, and then we get in this green I shouldn't have gotten Alex on the, on the <laughs> subject of rankings. No, this stuff. is great, though, because we can't can... put rankings in front of Alex. You'll spend the whole podcast ranking stuff yeah, at that Yeah, but now point. Marshall can edit this into a single little video uh, that we post as a separate Best thing. Five Best Five Cantrips in Modern. is Once Upon a Time in, or in Magic. Best Five Cantrips in Magic, the episode. In Magic. The video. So in Modern, with almost all of those cards banned, I would say that this is in contention for Best Cantrip in Modern. I think it's better than Serum Visions, and I think it's I, yeah. comparable with Ancient Stirrings, maybe better. I think, yeah, it's this... I think Ancient Stirrings 3 is, is still... so powerful. All right, artifacts are better than creatures. <laughs> or colorless is better than creatures. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. 
It's close. It's I close. think that depends on your deck, don't yeah. you? Yeah. Like okay. in this so mono green conversation of like free once and two mana the rest of the time versus one mana all the time. But modern is like fast enough that free once is worth a lot. Especially when you're like looking to be an explosive deck like this mono green devotion deck or like Neo Brand or like uh, Amulet where like every mana counts in the early turns of the game because you're looking to turn three combo. And if you don't turn three combo, fine, you just pay two mana for it, right? I mean, like, it's not your fave, but it gives you that explosive potential that, like, we're tweeting it out. Mm-hmm. It gives we're you that ex- people watching. I want to get to a hundred. Oh, we can live. Do it. We are. It gives you that 90. explosive potential that I think is important in modern. And I think that explosive potential is what they didn't like in pioneer. Like it, it was just too consistently explosive because it had access to oath and to once upon a time. And honestly, I think once upon a time is the bigger offender. So between the two, which one gets banned first in modern? Mm-hmm. Oath of Nyssa and Once Upon a Time? No, no, sorry. Once Upon a Time. Ancient Strength. Yeah. So this is actually a question from the chat. Tom Hutchins. That's a really good question, Tom. I think I think Once Upon a Time deserves it, but they're always so hesitant to ban new cards mm-hmm. because they sell packs, but it's also like PR disaster, right? Where it's like, new cards still banned. making mistakes, right? Like, whereas when they ban Ancient Stirrings, they're like, oh, we printed this in Rise of the Eldrazi. We never thought it would be good. Oops. Like, and it, wasn't it was a different decades. design team. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> it did its thing. Who cares, right? Like, right. Blood Raid Elf spent literally almost it's a decade also on like, the ban list because they didn't want to ban Death Ancient Stirrings is also like an uncommon that's been printed a few times. It's like, oh no, I take $3 out of my deck, right? But like, Once Upon a Time is a rare from a recent said it's like bad PR people mm-hmm. spent money on it recently it's like, the reason they've dragged their feet so hard on getting rid of Oko in every format right and like I don't think Oko is going to go in every format anyway even if people Sorry. don't like when Oko, I said every I meant any yeah they've been dragging their feet with every format to yes. ban it in any format yes sure <laughs> um, I accept uh, yeah I don't know I feel like yeah, I think that hurts Ancient Stirrings' chances of surviving as long. I also think that Ancient Stirrings is more is only powerful in more problematic style decks. Because colorless cards are maybe like a lot of the most busted cards around. Right. You're like you're stuck with Eldrazi. Tron, prison style decks, or, like, Lantern. There right? are a lot of busted creatures, too, though. I mean, I think creature is such a broad category. But removal for creatures is also broad. That's true. Like, if you're, if you're taking easiest to kill permanent, creature is the easiest. That's true. Other it does get a land as well, but so does Ancient Strings. Sure, so does Ancient It gets yeah. a land for free. So, well, no. But we've, we've had this conversation. <laughs> Look, free um, is the best price. I can't. I can't find. I can't think of a price that's better than free, Alex. Uh, one mana two times. I guess is that better go, than go go free? <laughs> oh yeah. So so what about that? Right. Like you play two ancient strings. You play two once upon a time. Spend the same amount of mana. True. True. Third ancient strings is where you get the discount. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But. That point, who cares, right? Yeah, but over like, I would much rather. That's why, like, what, what, not, not yeah, kicker. If you're what's digging, the, what's the you pay echo? Like that was the value of the mechanic yeah. echo. Like if you're digging for an ensnaring bridge when you have four mana, right. you really need to be digging with a one mana. I care about what's happening to me right now, Michael. Not what's happening to future well, Alex happening or to me right past now. Alex. I care about what's happening to me right now. That's why I need to play the the once upon a time for free to get my creature right no, 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 no. now that's, and play it using my mana. That's past Michael. You already did that. We're talking about now. <laughs> <laughs> well, past Michael may have just won the game. Yeah, I don't like, care about past going Michael. off with Nykthos on turn two because I found it using my once upon a time. That's fair. <laughs> so the last thing I want to cover today because we're we're now we're now getting closer and I we have oh so I had some I had some pioneer decks I think can break through. Do cool. you have any pioneer decks that you think are being overlooked in modern? No, because is it Phoenix was also already really dope in modern and then it got is there any like sweet phoenix tech that you think people are playing in pioneer i mean phoenix in modern in pioneer i just think looks so different because of treasure cruise Mm -hmm. right i I think like that's a big piece of the puzzle it doesn't have its other payoff as well yeah though it does have yeah i'm looking at this list i think honestly i think this list could just exist i think like the death of phoenix is a little overrated i think it's like a deck that like 
give it six months of people trying to figure out what pieces work together and it might get there or be back to a tier two deck. If yeah, not tier I'm, 1.5. I'm sure that there are Phoenix aficionados doing the good work right now to mm-hmm. bring it back and they just haven't found the right configuration or the right metagame or whatever. Right? Or like they print the right card, right? Like they could do that anytime now. And then it's like, Oh, right. This is great again. Like if Phoenix's power level is so high that, you just need the right piece to be able to make it a thing. And yeah. once again, I even think maybe Eldraine has some of those I think cards. Thing in the Ice is also just kind of awkward in the meta right now, too. And mm-hmm. that's like, I would say that that's the key card in Phoenix, even though it's like named after Phoenix. Phoenix is just how you kill them. Thing in the Ice is like how you win the game. Right, right, like, right, right. Because it, it protects you until it ruins their board and you win. Right, and it deals a bunch of damage. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, yeah. It, I think Thing in the Ice is like the key card. And in in a world where Thing in the Ice is not that great, which I think is where we're at in modern right now, your deck is probably not that sure. great. Um, I do I do think actually the salt uh, the Nexus Reclamation decks are just like Nexus of Fate. That won the PTQ, right? So like one, the yeah. big the big mono green showing was a Magic Online PTQ where popular streamer Todd Anderson made, got went undefeated in the Swiss and then got to the finals totally undefeated with this mono green mm-hmm. devotion deck and I watched a little bit and it was like so disgusting the deck which is the reason I wanted to do this episode because I was like there's no way this can't be a modern deck <laughs> yeah, every card in here is modern playable other yeah. than supreme will which is just easily strictly upgraded and yeah <laughs> Cyclonic Rift, maybe, maybe that's just good enough. You but, get serum. Yeah, versus so so off. his deck, his like big, you know, run that everybody was watching. He had like tons of viewers on oh, Twitch, and there was a lot of hype on Twitter. Set. Yeah, but this this reclamation deck is what beat him. Mm-hmm. This exact one that you're oh, looking oh, at, oh, right? The one I'm looking at. Yeah, this is the exact one. This is the yeah the Pioneer P- PTQ on uh, mm-hmm. on Magic Online. Just playing one thing of the ice, one Narset, two Tomio, the Collector of Tales. So that's the one that you blue, mill yourself. Blue green, blue green. green. Fog, four opt, two chart the course, one cyclonic rift, four growth spiral, four supreme will, uh, four nexus of fate, four dig through time, two search rose canta, four wilderness reclamation, and a bunch of lands. Um, yeah, this deck is sweet. I think a lot of what it's doing can be done in modern pretty easily. I think there's a conversation of kind of smushing this in with. You get cryptic command in modern too, right? Like this deck can play remand and cryptic over some of its like weird mm-hmm. interaction. I mean, you have to replace dig with something. I think like using like a um, you're only playing two colors. You can reasonably play Nick um, uh, Mystic Sanctuary. So you can play Mystic Sanctuary with cryptic to like have that little combo going mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with like you know grow spiral to like actually help you like go up on lands like. A little bit, and then you like. I also think instead of just playing Dick through time, like playing four cryptic, four serum visions, four opt does a lot of that, right? Like you instead of having targeted dig, you have visions. Me too. I'm on the I'm banned preordained train. I know. <laughs> uh, you could also play what's the what's the card that you were playing? What's in Scape Shift? Telling time? Telling time. Anticipate? Anticipate. No. It's the five mana tutor that doesn't do anything here other than get you the recommendation, I guess. Ring Delight? Yeah, it's meant. Oof. You'd be playing four colors for that. I don't think that's worth yeah, it. Yeah, not worth it. I think, just off the top of my head, Mystic Sanctuary is better than that, and I also think not messing up your mana base and taking a ton of damage mm-hmm. is worth it. <laughs> well, I think, what about just, just being Scapeshift on top of that? Like, necklace, Nexus, Reclamation, Scapeshift, Hybrid? Yeah. I don't... Yeah, maybe that's a thing. I don't know if it's better than either deck on its own, though. Sure, it might be sure. too clunky. But it's it's like an interesting thing you could test since they're playing many of the same cards. Right. They're playing the same blue cards, right? You get Snapcaster in this deck, in which does a lot of work to replace yes. the digs too. Yes, right, because like Snapcastering a remand is like you might as well just cast dig through time. Like it's, it's same thing. <laughs> oh, the spike feeders are on. Hey guys. Spike Feeders are the premier competitive EDH uh, podcast. Yeah, Great. Spike Feeders. Um, but the last thing we need to do is we need to talk about the Patreon submitted deck list. Let's do it. Cool. Oh, yeah. Uh, you can find us at the MM Cast. You can find me at, uh, at Dudard, D-U-D-A-R-D-E. Uh, I am at find, Cass Wiley. You can find Ben, uh, the sick host, at uh, Ben Bitten Media. I'm going to copy and You can also this. find Alex on Twitch at Kesco. He sometimes streams a little bit of Arena currently, uh, as well as some shooters that he likes to play. Uh, it's too big for the chat. I don't know how to post this list. It's fine. It, yeah, we're fine. All right. 
moving on. This we list. have to describe it for the podcast anyway, yeah. right? So, so, uh, so those who don't know, on the Patreon, you have the access to donate uh, ten dollars every month, and if you do, you get the ability to submit a deck list for us to cover on the podcast. Uh, the podcast, uh, Jesse Pelletier, which I hopefully I said your name right. Uh, if I didn't, I apologize. Uh, submitted an Esper Fairies list. Right. Uh, I'm going to just Not list fairies. cards, and you're going to react to the heaters. Uh, two Thoughtsies, three mm-hmm. Inquisition of Kozlak, four Fairy Seer, uh, one Fatal Push, three Opt, four Fairy Miscreant, two Unearth, mm-hmm. which is a heater, uh, one Path to Exile, uh, three Drown in the Lock, two Tyrant Scorn, mm-hmm. four Spell Stutter Sprite, one Mana Leak, one... Snapcaster Mage, three Vendillion Click, three Brazen Borrowers, three Teferi Time Raveler, three Polluted Delta, a bunch of lands. Any important lands? No. Just just basic. They make mana. They make mana. One Prismatic Vista. Uh, and then Cyborg needs a bunch of good removal spells. You got some Narset, some Rest in Peace, some Dovin's Veto. Yeah, pretty, cool. pretty standard Cyborg. Not Sweet. super spicy. So, I guess my one question here is, if your entire deck operates at instant speed. I guess getting giving Thoughtseize and Inquisition a Kozilek Flash with um, Teferi yeah, Time so, Reveler so if you, is insane. If you read his like kind of write-up of his deck, um, yeah, it, it looks like a little bit like, yeah, you're a Flash deck, and he wanted to take advantage of the power of Teferi a little bit. So you have like the instant speed discard with Thoughtseize Inquisition. You also have like Unearth, you can do at instant speed to like mm-hmm. get a Vendillion click at instant speed on their draw step or something, mm-hmm. or you can like... Um, get a spell setter sprite. You can get a spell setter sprite at instant speed to counter something. Right. And then like if you have to just unearth a Vendillion click in main phase, it's like fine. Yeah. Or a Snapcaster main phase is fine. Yeah. Like, but like well, the fairy pushes click. the power level of that up. Right. That's true. Um, plus you get access to the white, which gives you path, which gives you um, rest in peace out of the sideboard. So it's like yeah. a very powerful interaction. So I, I'm a big fan of Unearth, and I think that like Unearth with Teferi is kind of an unexplored way to use it. And I think it's really cool, especially in like a Flash Fairies type build like this. I, I actually really like the, the Unearth uh, Teferi situation. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, that makes Discard a little bit better for you. Yeah. So one thing, one thing I did think is that like... This is a deck list, and right now we're in a moment where Oko makes everything sad, but uh, Stoneforge Mystic coming into play and grabbing you the Black Green Sword. Like, one of the reasons that sword is good is because it lets you untap lands and lets you kind of basically draw two cards a turn. Not draw two cards a turn, but play two cards, because you can play the cards that play something, attack with him, untap your lands, and then now you have mana open to play all of your other good fairies that are instant speed. Like, playing with Flash decks with a significant amount of instant interaction or instant speed spells or creatures especially upgrades the black green sword to such a large level plus you just get batter skull um and you're playing white so as a, even a sideboard option as a way to kind of like go to the left or slide to the right um and then one hop this time yeah i think um i think like you could also go a little bit bigger with it i mean i don't know that you need to <sighs> So he says in his write-up specifically that he found Fairy Miscreant to be good. It strikes me as kind of the weakest card in the deck, and I feel like I would want to replace it with maybe a little bit more interaction or, like, even, like, a like a Bitter Blossom or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the lack of Bitter Blossom. I think maybe Bitter Blossom is just too slow. Because, like, if once a creature is in play against this deck, we're looking at, like, one path, one push, one, no, three Drown in the Lock... And then two Tyrant Scorn. I guess that's like kind of a good amount of removal, but Tyrant Scorn is a little weird. I mean, so the justification for Tyrant Scorn in the write up, uh, to be fair to listeners and viewers and everybody else, is uh, you can bounce your own creatures with it. So you can like bounce your Vendillion click to like get another click. You can bounce your Snapcaster to like, you know, get the path that you need out of your yard. It like gives you a little bit of utility with your ETB creatures. You can like kind of use it as a counter spell by like bouncing a spell stutter. Mm hmm. But I don't know. I mean, I know that, like, fairies without Bitter Blossom is kind of the way to go. I don't know. Fairy Miscreant just strikes me as kind of weird, and I feel like it could be something else. I, I think it might... This is That's one card that playing with the deck and making sure, like, does this deck need the card draw that you get from right. Fairy Miscreant? Having not tested the deck at all, uh, yeah. <laughs> talking about a card that somebody who has tested the deck is like, this is good. I feel a little bit like a fool, but I'm also well, trying to get advice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I think, I think, well, that card specifically, because I don't, there's not a lot of card advantage in this deck, right? Like, there's not a lot of ways to dig to more cards. So having, Teferi. like, Teferi, which is slow card advantage in some ways, and then Opt, 
is in here, right? But that's more just I mean, like, if up. you play Teferi and bounce, like, your Spellsetter Sprite, you're chill. You're really far. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I think Teferi, this, the more we've talked about it, seems the sweetest, because it also just, yeah, lets you rebuy all of your ETB effects, yeah. and then gives you instant speed Thoughtseize, which I don't know if anyone's who's listening has ever cast Thoughtseize at instant speed, but it's great. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's great. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, you could you could try and fit, like, Cryptic Command Mystic Sanctuary in here. Like, you're primarily islands, so, like, playing one Mystic Sanctuary is probably going to be fine. And then that, like, unlocks Cryptic Command, which is, like, a classic fairies card. Mm-hmm. Because, like, passing with four untapped mana, you have so many options in a deck like this. Because you can Snapcaster anything in your deck. You can, like, play a Vendillion Click and a Path. Or, you know, you just get so many options. Yeah, I think I think I agree though that Fairy Miscreant becoming like a second Snapcaster Mage and or and a few. Oh, is there only one Snap in I here? I think there's only one Snapcaster Mage. Yes. Oh, I'd like to see more Snapcaster Mage. I think you have a lot of great spells, and having redundancy on whatever is important in the matchup is really good. Like being able to turn one Thoughtseize, turn two, like do a thing, and then turn three Snapcaster Mage Thoughtseize, or play to Fairy and then turn four Snapcaster Mage Thoughtseize is like a lot of. Yeah, and I mean, like, in a, in a reactive deck like this, a lot of the time you'll end up, um, like, certain cards will just be bad in the matchup, and certain cards will be, like, very important in the matchup. And so you'll end up in a matchup where, like, your opponent empties their hand, so, like, you pull a Thoughtseize late game, it doesn't do much. But, like, if, you know, you have a Snapcaster, you can Thoughtseize multiple times against decks where that's going to be good, like Blue-White, or, like amulet or like a combo deck ad nauseum or something you can thought seize them multiple times until they can never win mm-hmm. or in the matches where like they empty their hand you get two paths or you get two right. fatal pushes or you get two drown in the locks and like in against like a deck that is countering your spells or whatever you can like use a snapcaster to defend your spells with drown in the lock whereas like fatal push and path now do nothing in that matchup so one of the reasons you see a lot of time like snapcaster mage decks in modern diversifying their spells so much you get a lot more ones and twos of a snapcaster mage basically makes every spell you cast redundant. Right. And so giving you access to that effect. And when you're playing at instant speed anyway, pretty much exclusively, plus you have like a little bit of cute Tyrant Scorn, Brazen Borrower, Teferi action Mm -hmm. to like bounce your Snapcaster Mages. Um, I feel like more Snapcasters is the direction I would want to go. One uh, question someone had is, when do we think Oko, if ever, will be banned in modern? I don't think we're there yet. I mean, like... The main deck that's playing Oko in Modern is the Urza decks, and I think the biggest problem in those decks is not Oko. I, I don't know that something out of Urza needs to be banned. I mean, we're, like, in the meta adjustment period, but, like, I th- I s- don't think that Oko is the card that you ban from that deck, and I don't think there are enough other decks, like, oppressing everyone with Oko. Like, so one of the things about Oko is, like, it invalidates a lot of creatures that are bigger than a 3-3 and that are more expensive than it, because if you play, like you know, a big... I'm trying to think of, like, a standard creature that would, might see play. If you play, like, a dragon, like a Skargan Hellkite or something, and your opponent is like, Oko, make it a 3-3, it kind of, like, is invalidating your cards. Mm-hmm. And in modern, like, a lot of the cards are cheaper or have ETBs. Like, it's a goblin guide. Like, turn this into a 3-3. Who cares, right? right. Like, a lot of the creatures okay, that get played... Like, even Tarmogoyf, like, you, you spend two mana on it, and it's, like, a 3-4, and they're like, it's a 3-3 now, and you're like... Okay. <laughs> I mean, it, it invalidating artifacts, I think, is a big problem. And, like, it can hit, like, Primeval Titan, Ulamog, Wormcoil, like, some of the bigger creatures that do see play. I just don't think it's, like, as outrageous in any deck. And I want all of those cards to have better answers against them. <laughs> sure. <laughs> like, after Tarmogoyf, which I think is, like, the perfect level of fair and modern at this point, but... Every other card you mentioned, like, oh no, the Wormcoil engine is less good. (laughs) I do think it makes cards like Kalidus less good, or like some other cards that like kind of get played, like Oh, big thanks to Dane King, 24 Dawn 99 on the Super Chat. Thanks. That's amazing. I think a Saltai control deck using Malera, Murder Strike, Cap, and Alternate Dimension is cool. I think that that sounds more like a like a mid range graveyard value situation, to yeah. me, right? Where you're like milling yourself with altar to like generate value off of like unearth or something, mm-hmm. and then you like have a combo. Like this sounds like a birthing pod deck to me a little bit, right? Except yeah. that like you're playing on altar dementia, and obviously you don't have access to birthing pod. Yeah, you have you have you have the different tutors that are available. I'm trying to think what are the best ways to get to the because like in ends. control decks you can't afford to like play cards that don't do much because if you're like 
turn two, alter dementia, and then you have a Malira stuck in your hand, and you're like trying to control the game, but you're like down two cards compared to your opponent, and your opponent is just like attack you with Tarmogoyf, and you're like, oh no, I don't have removal spells because I played cards that like yeah didn't advance my game plan. <laughs> I almost want to say that like going. This sounds actually like a really cool, like a four-color version of this deck where you're playing um, Umbero Rights to be able to get stuff back. Yeah. Like, you get a lot of the pieces that are here back with Umbero Rights. Like, you could even, like, put in Sun Titan to be able to get like all the dimensions. mid-range or, French Rights decks from yes, Standard back correct. then that were playing, like, they were playing Greaselbrand as their big target, but they also had, like, Thragtus that you could just Ooh, reanimate a million right. times. <laughs> um... And I've always, like, there was a while where I was playing a, like, Dredgevine list that was playing Vengevines, but my backup plan was just putting in Unbarrel Rites and Sun Titans into the graveyard, where I would just, like, get Sun Titan, and then I would get a noble uh, a Knight of the Reliquary, which would be, like, a 10-10, because I had so many lands for my deck, putting for the Hendrickrab, and, like, this is what the first deck I ever built in Modern, actually, so it was just, like, maximum value off of Hedron Crab, where the game plan A was just Vengevining you the death, but then game plan B was... That, like during this time I've been filling my graveyard with a bunch of stuff that's now valuable and also like sometimes you could get any sideboard card that I put in the deck back into play which was kind of what I was doing with it in fact like the big regretful loss I have is that I had like stickier sleeves because they were like older playing in a tournament and I had two what's the two mana artifact that makes things cost one more instance and sorceries Thorn of Amethyst. So I had two Thorn of Amethyst in my graveyard, and I had one in play, and the other one was, like, under another card, and I forgot it was there. And, like, I was playing against a Storm deck, and if I had just gotten the second one, I, like, had the game locked. But because I didn't get the second one, or I didn't get it into play, because it was, like, under a card, game over. Um, one tier. I was like, what keep me out of the tournament next time? But, yeah, I think I think that there are really cool things to do with Alter of Dementia specifically, yeah. Murderous Red Cap and Malira kind of don't combine in the right way, though what's cool about them together is you do get to like leave the color. We can play that in black, green, yeah. or in or in green red, right? Yeah, you don't have to have black. I mean, if you're green red, I think I might rather play Grum Gully than Malira anyway. It's like a little bit better of a mid-range card. Sure. Uh they also are both goblins, so like we've talked on the cast before about like goblins persist decks, mm-hmm. you know, with uh Grum Gully and Putrid Goblin, I want to say the two mana two two with persist well, and or yeah. red cap. What's the but the sack outlet is the important one. It was our preview card. Uh, one gang lieutenant. No one red. Skirk prospector. prospector. Yeah, well, there's a lot of goblin sack outlets. Yeah. I'm just saying, like those both being goblins mean maybe you're like this type of deck, but you have like a goblin matron package. Mm-hmm. Like you're not a dedicated goblin deck, but you have like a goblin matron with like a few utility goblins that you can go tutor up to like maybe combo off, but then you also are still like this graveyard, you know, mm-hmm. sneaky little whatever deck. So another question we got was, do you think Pioneer is the death of anything like Lightning Bolt, Lightning Bolt being printed into a standard set again? I actually don't. I think Lightning Bolt, to be totally honest, I think Pioneer is actually a way for them to maybe get Lightning Bolt into, or is more of a motive for them to bring Lightning Bolt into standard. I mean, it's it's interesting because, like, before Llanowar Elves was in Dominaria, I feel like to a lot of people who played standard, Llanowar Elves in standard was just inconceivable. They're like, they don't do that anymore. We've seen through years that, like, one-mana Elves are just too good for standard. They're never going to do it again. Uh, and then they did. Mm-hmm. And Lightning Bolt is basically in the same position. And it was in the same position before it got printed M10. It was like, Lightning Bolt is like this old you know, revised card, like, they're never going to print it again. They haven't printed it since, like, 5th edition or something. So, like, it's just not a standard card on anybody's radar. And then they printed it. Right. And I think we're in the same boat now. Like, they could bring back Lightning Bolt at any moment, I think. I have a long list of reasons. I'm going to go through them. Okay, so one of the reasons I think Lightning Bolt's Lightning Bolt's being printed in the Pioneer, why it could happen. Uh, One, they would get the opportunity to once again print Lightning Bolt with the words uh, do three damage to any target onto a paper card. Ah, I think a lot of people would actually prefer to use that for, you know, for Oracle text clarity. Two, the Pioneer format, I think, greatest weakness at this moment is it's lacking removal features in the format. I think Path to Exile and Standard Uh, is too powerful. Greatest weakness, maybe not. It is a sure. definitely a feature of the format. We feature. will see whether it's a weakness or not. Um, and but removal being so excluded to black and or black green decks is something I can see them wanting to spread out. Uh, three, the power level of Planeswalkers is so high, and the Lightning Bolt is one of the best ways to start fighting those cards. I mean, and right, it's a main deckable, way. and it's a main deckable way versus like having to have very weirdly specific ones. I literally had a long conversation, and we're eventually going to do an episode of like what white does in modern and what white could do better. 
um, in a future episode, but one of the conversations was like weird roundabout ways for white to handle planeswalkers better. And yeah, like, I mean, like I've had a couple people send me pioneer deck lists because I've been on the cast so much recently. People are like, you know, starting to hit me up on Twitter and be like, hey, what do you think of my deck? And um, some of the pioneer decks I've looked at, I'm like, well, if you're playing black, I think that you want to have an answer to planeswalkers because you're going to be facing an Oko or a Teferi or right. something, and it's really going to ruin your day. Like if you're playing a controlling deck, it just doesn't have an answer to an onboard planeswalker. Somebody's just going to run away with the game with Oko. No mm-hmm. amount of removal is ever going to beat an Oko if you don't have like a hero's downfall or something. But that's like such a weird card, you know? Like it's three mana to kill mm-hmm. something or like murderous rider or something like that. Like you would prefer not to have to do that. Right. But I think you kind of do in Pioneer at least. And I, and I think right now you have, we'll have time. Like I don't think, I don't think Lightning Bolt's coming out within the next year. And if it does, great, because I love Lightning Bolt and I'd love to play it in every format I can possibly play it in. But um, I think that we're in a position where we're going to be waiting until. A, it'll be in a corset, and, and if I were to guess, I'm going to put money down on 2021 or 2022, Magic 2022. The I'm next one is money down because I think it's totally unpredictable. But I think it's something that like could never happen uh, because no, it's obviously I'm very powerful. You. This is just to the the ghost. You're going to owe Nick Prince two dollars. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I gave it to him. He got it. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for watching. We'll be doing this every week. We're trying to do this every week. As again, the uh, fully edited version of this episode will come out on uh, the end of this week, and it'll have card images and everything out, so you can like see what we were talking about if you missed some things. Um, also, make sure to check out and subscribe. There's a little bell. You'll get alerts when we come live. Uh, make sure to look at us on Twitter. I am at Kess Wiley. I'm at uh, Dudard, D-U-D-A-R-D-D. Uh, at Ben Bateman Media is Ben's, and we are at the Cast. Also, at Time Travel, or Marshall Unfocused is Marshall, who does all the editing. Big thank you to Marshall um, and Time Travel Media for doing all the editing things that will get this episode out into the world later this week in an audio format. Um, if you And then make sure to check out the Patreon. There's a bunch of cool stuff I mentioned earlier. You can get cool... We were able to give cool dragons away. There was a copy of Super Party Battle was given away. Today's Deck Tech brought to you by Patreon. Today's Deck Tech is brought to you by Patreon. Um, So there's a lot of cool stuff there. Make sure to check it out. You get access to the Discord. And we'll uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Yeah, yeah. The the Discord is a good place. We got a Facebook group. It's also a good place to talk about modern. Uh, I'm there. Alex is there. Um, And there was one more thing. Oh, we're going to be putting out a survey. Oh, yes. Yes. Survey. Uh, Make sure to check out. We're on Twitter, Facebook, uh, probably in the next in episode descriptions, in this episode's description. Yeah, we'll we'll put it on that. When the edited episode comes out at the end of the week, we will put it in the episode description. Yeah, there'll be a survey. We can go back and put it into this one, too, right? Yes. It'll be everywhere. If you're hearing this, it's available in the world somewhere. Unless you're in the launch. Unless you're right now. (laughs) Uh, Unless you're in the present. This is about the future, everyone. Um, You'll be able to get access to... uh, It'll give us a lot of information. We need kind of... We're we're doing a lot of new stuff. We're planning a lot of cool stuff. We want to make sure we're doing stuff that you guys want. So if you guys fill out the survey, it helps us understand what you guys are looking for and what we can do better and what we can do better. Right, because we're looking to expand with like other pieces of content, either streams or other mini shows. Like we're already talking about cutting out little segments of the episode and making them their own YouTube video to kind of make something more digestible than hour and a half long episodes. And um, we would love to hear what kind of other content you guys would be interested in. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to be modern. It doesn't, but you know, it can be be apex live plays on Twitch from Alex, from me. No, Ben, we just got to get Ben to play apex. I don't think Ben's played a first person shooter in his life. And he can't defend himself. Alex teaches Ben to play competitive first person shooter. Stressed out, I can't handle that. I'm not a good backseat gamer. My like siblings did it to me, which is very nice of them, but can't handle it. All right, thank you guys. Thank you, chat. You guys are the best. Uh, Thank you, everyone who listened and watched. Um, Thank you for listening right now, Uh, and we'll talk to you guys next week or later this week on the YouTube channel. See ya. Thank you for your attention. See you later, alligator. This has been a production of Time Traveler Media, sending podcasts into the future.